0: Up, guys? My name is Adam Ronan, and you already know that because you are turning into this podcast, which is called The Katana Cut. This is my podcast, and this is episode one. So let's just kind of get into it. Uh, what is this podcast? Well, this is um, time with me, uh, Adam Ronan, and friends. So uh, this particular episode is just me. Uh, just wanted to have an introductory episode where we just kind of talked a little bit about a thing, uh, about a few things. I have, um, a poll up on Patreon, uh, where people can vote for topics and that is patreon.com slash Adam Ronan. Should you have interest in supporting and helping things grow? But anyway, on there, I put up a poll for people to be able to vote on podcast topics. Uh, for this particular episode and a lot of people wanted to see, or not a lot of people cause you know, the amount of people that are on there, the ones that voted, they wanted to see, uh, hear about, um, you know, my history and, uh, just like stories about, um, Adam Ronan's musical history, which I, something I've been wanting to do. I was going to make a video about it last year for the, the regular YouTube channel, but, um, never got around to it, you know, just never did it. So I figured this podcast will be a good introductory part. And, um then we can kind of uh branch off from there but essentially this whole podcast is going to be about me we're going to be talking about music we're going to be talking about the music industry I'm going to be bringing in friends um and just peers that are doing their own set of creative things and different projects uh, that will be guests on the show I'll be bringing in lifelong friends to to tell more stories and just kind of bring more awareness to like mental health and that kind of stigma that exists around the world that we're in today and um and more uh and just talk about essentially whatever the fuck i want to talk about because it is my podcast um and who am i you might be asking um if you are clicking on this you probably already know uh adam ronan i am a very small time youtuber and musician um and uh working very hard now to finally maybe finally get um the name out there a little better uh if you don't know me well now you know so um one thing i want to start each episode out with is uh kind of just talking about what people are currently listening to when guests come on what are they listening to what am i listening to that week and then kind of open up the floor in comment sections and things to find out what you're listening to just share and discover new music all around so let's talk about what I am listening to. Uh, a few things. Um, first of all, if you don't know, my musical taste is like all over the board. I am into everything from rock to hip-hop to pop to some like jazzy and bluegrassy stuff to electronic music and symphonic, uh, old-school classical, everything. It's all around the board. But I love pop music. Like, a fuck ton. Like, I have no shame. I love Kesha. I love Taylor Swift. I'm all about that shit. Uh, so I'm super into Halsey's new release. Uh, it's called If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power, which absolutely, fuck yes, girl, fuck love, and all about money and power. Um, it's such a genius album. Um, I think Halsey's one of the better of all the pop artists that exists out there. She's truly authentic and just She's, she's great. But this album was produced by Trent Reznor and uh, his partner that he does stuff with. Uh, Hatticus? I can't fucking remember his name. Uh, but uh, Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails, that is got to be top level musical influence for me uh, all my life to now. Just peak influence. So uh, when I found out that she, they were producing and helping co-write her a new album a muscles dude, and it is brilliant there are some excellent songs on there excellent songs uh stand out for me is uh girl is a gun oh, fuck that's a good song fuck you know what i'm saying um also i've been listening to uh dom don broco uh, they are really fun they're like a kind of like a rock metal band kind of they're not like super metally, but they're they've got some heavy stuff to them uh me and a buddy couple a couple years ago now Went to see uh, our last night uh, in Denver because I always dug like their uh, covers and shit like that. So we went down there to see them, and these guys, Don Broco, they opened for them, and it was it was a blast. They were fun, and I've dug some of their past work, and they just came out with a new single called Uber. So I've been listening to that, uh, as it is, it is, it's good. It's like raw, and um, it sounds like something that I would enjoy to write. Which just yeah, come on. It speaks to me as a whole right there um and then uh secondly and la- or thirdly lastly i've been listening to the shang uh shang chi soundtrack for the mo- the new marvel movie uh gordy and i gordy is for who doesn't know is my best friend in the whole wide world uh you'll see and hear lots of him uh we went to uh like a little bro date the other day we went to brunch and shit and we went and saw shang chi and i was just like man this fucking soundtrack is lit Super good, and uh, the standout tracks on there are "Lazy Susan" uh, by Twenty One Savage, "Act Up" with by Rich Brian and Earth Gang, and "Swang Song" by Saweetie and Nikki. A lot of these artists never heard of before, but man, these songs are good. They're cool. It's a great soundtrack. Lots of mix between um, like uh, cool hip hop and some like softer, more folky stuff. It's like really cool. It's a great album. Check it the fuck out, if you dare. Anywho. taking a drip of this water here. Let's get into the meat and potatoes. Now, when people wanted to hear about the history of Adam Ronan music, fine, let's do it. I've got literally a lifetime of fucking stories. Music has been the biggest part of my life almost the whole time. And I've been in several bands, some of which were just shitty local bands, some of which did like really well, did, did big things, cultivated and just accumulated countless fucking stories, which I love telling, and I have no problem telling us here, but we got to start from the beginning. And because there is so many stories, and I don't want the solo versions of these podcasts to uh, be super long and drawn out, so to speak, uh, I'll probably split this up into a couple parts. So uh, welcome to part one of Adam Ronan Music History. Where did I come from? How did I begin? How did I get into everything? Well, let's talk about it. I've got notes here, so I'll be referring to these notes because there's a lot of fucking things to talk about here. Anyway, everything that um, I've loved music my whole life. I, in fact, even when I was like um, I was like second grade, I think it was second grade, however old you are then, I was super into rock music and super into um, hip hop and rap. And uh, there was this kid, I can't remember his name some shitty kid, <laughs> some shitty kid in second grade. And we're like, let's start a band and came over and spent the night one night. And um, I remember we, um, were, of course we were second grade. So what you're like seven, eight, I don't know. You don't know. I, we do not to play anything. We just wanted to be cool. So we, I was like, let's blend rock music and rap music. And he was like, oh fuck yeah, whatever, like whatever kids say. And, uh, That was it. I was like, cool, let's call the band Rock It and Wrap It Up. Uh, I'll never forget that. I was like, cool, we'll we'll, like rock it, but then we'll wrap it up. But like play on words, like rap. Um, It was super cool. We ended up breaking my mom's lamp that night. She was really mad. And uh, that's all I remember about that kid. (laughs) I don't even remember his name, but I remember we were going to do Rock It and Wrap It Up. It was going to be like this huge fucking super group between the two of us where we did rock music, rap music. And uh, and he broke my mom's lamp and fucking tried to lie about it. That little shithead. That was my first like music. But of course, obviously nothing happened with that. Fast forward to um, about, I was uh, 13, 14 years old when I truly realized what my destiny in music was. Um, I had been obsessing over Corn for like the last year at this point. This was after the self-titled album came out when I was, what was I in like seventh, eighth grade? I think maybe I can't remember. I mean, the, that album, I know that came out in 94. Don't remember what grade I was in, though. But that album just like whew, fucking smacked me in the head. It was just, just changed my outlook on everything that was musical. And I was like, damn, damn. And then, um, in, uh, shortly after that, um, uh, of course, I was listening to Manson almost obsessively and then right about when Antichrist Superstar from... Mar- no, I'm sorry. No, uh, no, 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 no. It was uh, when uh, Sweet Dreams came out uh, from his Smells Like Children little weird remix album thing. I got wind of that and I was obsessed with it. I was like, oh my God, this is like weird and quirky and strange and kind of heavy, but industrial and rocky. It was very cool. Super into it. And then, um, but I discovered it late. So right as I discovered Sweet Dreams and uh, and Smells Like Children, um, Antichrist Superstar from Marilyn Manson was about to come out. And um, I remember getting that album, going home because, you know, living with your parents, go home, went down into the basement because the basement was like set up into a little family room, put in the CD, that cool red and black like power symbol CD, put it in, opened up the lyric book and press play and everything in my life changed as I listened to all these songs. I think there was like 15, 16 songs on Antichrist Superstar and I just just dug through the lyrics for every song and just sucked it in and I was like, "Holy shit." And then I just was obsessed with Marilyn Manson and corn. That was like my identity as a kid. At this point, obviously, this is like right when the internet started to come out. uh, It was like started to get big and shit. So we had AOL. And um, my profile on AOL was just all Marilyn Manson shit. I remember specifically like when you could like write your profile. You'd put in like your age, where you're from, and your interests and shit like that. And I just wrote Marilyn Manson over and over again, nonstop, copy-and-paste Marilyn Manson as many times as each field would allow, because I was just like a dumb fucking kid, and I was obsessed. But I realized at that point, I want to do that. I want to be those guys. I want to be the Jonathan Davis. I want to be the Marilyn Manson. I want to be a singer. I want to be uh, the rock star. I want to be the guy on stage that all the chicks want. That's uh, That was like it. Those were the moments where I like really just... Clear in my head, I was like, "That's what I want to do." Some kids want to go be firemen. Some kids want to dig up dinosaurs. Some kids want to be cops or be scientists or whatever. No, my end game was to be my own version of Corn uh, and Marilyn Manson. Somehow, no idea how, but I wanted it. I wanted it bad. So, uh, I remember specifically my dad at this time uh, it was a, he was a successful business guy, and um, he. Uh, on the weekends would go and uh, he had like this little booth at um, Mile High Flea Market, which is in Denver. Um, it's like this giant flea market. And now it's pretty kind of grody. It's like mad Kmarty, like real grody people. And like, it's not cool. But back in the 80s and 90s, it was a, it was like a real cool happening spot to like shop and all that. So in, on the weekends for like a little stint, he would have these booths set up just selling like dumb shit. He would get out like um, auctions and stuff like that and resell and flip it. So I went with him one Saturday and my dad and I didn't have like the greatest relationship growing up. We're like super close now, but you know, I wasn't good in school and he had expectations of me and all the stuff that parents have. Um, so we never like got along super well. He wasn't like, he didn't understand why I was weird and all the shit that I liked. It was just, you know, it was like a typical tumultuous, Father son relationship, um, which doesn't exist anymore. We're super close now. My dad's great, but back then, and we're chilling at this uh flea market. And I say, Dad, I really want to be in a band. And you know, if I told my dad, Hey, I wanted to be a fucking scientist, you'd be like, Cool, these are the steps you got to take you got to get into school. You got to take these classes, got to do this. My dad's like a brilliant businessman, super smart guy, but that's of course none of the stuff I wanted to do. I was like, Dad. I want to be in a band. And he looks at me and this fucking guy, plus his heart, he knows nothing about like music. He's not musically gifted. Nobody in my family is musically gifted at all. Well, except for like my nephew and shit. We'll talk about that another time. But prior to me, nobody, there was no history of music. I mean, like my older brother, he's, I have an 11, year uh, a brother, 11 years older than me. He played like trumpet and shit when he was in band. But musically speaking, it just wasn't part of my family. So my dad knows nothing of it, isn't familiar with like rock music or any of the artists at the time. So I expect him to just guffaw at me and fucking be like, "Why don't you do something? You know, worth a shit, you stupid little bastard." Um, but I was like, "Dad, I really want to be in a band." He's like, mm-hmm, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He's like, "You're going to need a couple of guitar players, you're going to need a drummer, and you're going to need a bass player, and you might need a keyboard player." And I was just like, "What the fuck? How do you know all this shit?" It blew my mind. But I was like, "Wow!" And I was like, "You know what? You're right. Those are the things I need." And I got to figure out a way to get them. Cause I wanted to be a singer, but I had no musical skill whatsoever. I did not to play guitar. I did not to do anything. In fact, I wanted to be a singer, but I really had no uh, inkling in my mind if I could be a singer. Like I would sing along to the radio and shit, but I, you know, I don't know anything. So anywho, that really just set me off on a thing. I was like, how do I find these people? I was in like eighth grade, you know, or what? At the time, seventh grade, whatever age that was. So um, it didn't really happen. They festered in my mind for uh, years about wanting to be in a band. And then um, finally, um, in high school, um, we get into sophomore year, going into junior year, and um, I meet uh, uh, my buddy named Aaron. Who his name um, is Aaron. He goes by Ace in real life um and we just like i don't remember specifically how we met uh we probably i know we had classes together we had classes together all all throughout the youth and shit but i um just remember we came like super tight friends over this one particular school year like really good friends and it was just they went from like not really knowing each other to hanging out daily constantly every day and he was a guitar player and i was like this is it this is my in like this dude can help me uh achieve the goals of making music and changing the world, so to speak, saving lives, being the rock star, all this stuff. He was pretty good too. And um, we would like tool around with music. And I, but I remember, cause I wanted to be the singer and he'd always been like, well, can you sing? And I'm like, yeah, probably. <laughs> and I remember um, driving around one day after I got my license, we were driving, he didn't have his license, yet, so we were fucking win everywhere. And he was like, sing something for me. And I was like, oh, no, I I can't do that. He's like, no, 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 sing something for me. And I was like, just so nervous, so fucking nervous. And I was like, well, I I have to sing along to like one of the CDs. He's like, cool, man. What do you want to sing to? Just pick a song and sing to it. Let me hear you sing. And I remember um, Orgy's, uh, fuck, I can't remember the name of that album, the one with Blue Monday on it. Uh, that album came out, and I was like, Well, I kind of have like a deeper voice, so I could kind of hit like the lower notes, like Jay Gordon from Orgy. So I, I popped on Blue Monday, boom, ta, and I like sang along with the song to him, and he like hiked me up. He was like, Cool, man, It's awesome. It probably sounded like fucking trash, to be honest with you. Uh, because, uh, spoiler alert, at this point in time, I knew nothing about singing and I was not good at it, but um, I did my best and he was like, cool man. He's like, awesome. He's like, you know, let's do it. Let's, let's do the band thing. Bless his heart. He always pumped me up, even though I think he knew that it was shit. Uh, so I remember uh, we were like messing around with, cause there was a uh, uh, battle of the bands type of thing event happening at school coming up later in the year. We're like, let's enter that. And we were like, cool, let's play um, blind from corn. Cause that was my shit. And he was like, let's like do a medley into Anna's song from Silverchair. That was his shit. He was really into Nirvana and like Silverchair and um, all these other bands, Creed and shit like that. Uh, so I was into like heavier stuff, but he liked it as well. He appreciated it, and I liked the stuff he was into too, and it, it worked well. So I remember like being downstairs. I had no PA, I had nothing, but he was like learning to play blind, and we would like jam blind. And I was, I would use this fucking remote control uh for the tv as like a placeholder for a mic and we would like jam out and play the song downstairs just him on guitar not even playing it correctly because he had a fucking six string and they're on a seven string and um a standard and he was playing it in like e some shit anyway it was um it was fun and then um and then we met this kid named ryan kaylor uh He was in school. He was younger than us. I think he was a freshman. He was like a good-looking kid, though. Uh, Like, chicks liked him. He was cool. And he, uh, I don't remember how we met, so to speak, but he uh, was like, hey, I'm a drummer. I was like, oh, cool. He's like, I got this band that I'm playing with. And he's like, and we need a singer. I was like, I'm a fucking singer. And and in my mind, I was like, I got stuff going on with Aaron. I was like, maybe I can do both. Because I really just wanted to start my own band and do my own thing. But I also recognized I needed to kind of maybe find an in with some people. So I was like, maybe if I join a band, I can fucking mold that band into my own image. So anyway, at the same time, uh, so I went over to his house one day and met the dudes. Uh, They had a band. The band was called Defy. And it was uh, just like the, a little three piece It was uh, him, Ryan Kaler It was a dude uh, named Matt Zimmerscheid Who was on guitar Cool little punk rock kid He, he was just a rad guy uh, Still friends with, Well, we're acquaintances to this day We still talk once every year So we just kind of catch up a little bit on Facebook And then this other guy named Mark Ligon Who was like a prodigy bass player Like uh, he, he was uh, I think 14 or 15 in his band kid was unreal so good at bass so good it was just like a prod- prodigy had i known at the time who um he came from his brother was this guy named greth Ligan, who i ended up becoming friends with who was also in bands later uh, that our bands will play together years later but he was uh, greth was his older brother also a musical genius so it's just like ran in their family uh, fucking musical prodigies so, anywho, I went to their house, to Ryan's house in their unfinished basement. They were practicing and met the dudes. And I was just like, hey, I'm going to be your new singer. <laughs> and they're like, okay, cool. Didn't even, like, really try out. I, I, I think it's they had, like, a little mic and a little amp set up. I remember I sang through, like, a little bass amp with a mic, like a cheap mic. And um, they just, like, jammed. And they're just like, if you want to sing along. And I get I just kind of just sputtered out shit that uh, I thought might be cool and they didn't really seem to have a problem with it. They were like, cool man, you're the singer. And I was like, great. All the while I was still trying to work with Ace on some stuff uh, for this upcoming thing. And we even had one day where Ace and I went over before the Defy band practice and we were playing with Ryan. Cause we we're like, maybe we can get Ryan to come do battle of the bands with us, the drummer. And, um, first of all, Ryan was a horrible, horrible drummer. Um, Maybe he got better. I don't know. He kind of turned into a wreck of a human being down the roads, uh, but he was a just an awful drummer. He was never on time. His beats would change constantly. Fucking, he didn't. It was the band was a mess. So we were trying to do corn and the silver chair song medley, which didn't fucking flow together at all. Uh, and he was just trying to drum along to it. it was it did not work. And that was the last instance of us ever trying to fucking do the battle of bands together uh, that I remember. Uh, but anyway. Then I kept going to practice with Defy. I started writing lyrics. It was just like the most magical fucking time because I was like so stoked that I was finally have songs that I could put my poetry and words to. And um, it was really fucking to my recollection. Those songs were really cool. I don't think they probably were. I've got rose colored earmuffs on, so to speak, for that. But I recall at the time being like just jazzed about what we were writing. Super cool. I have like little glimpses in my mind's eye about what they sounded like, but not a whole lot. Um, so we practiced a bunch had, I had three songs that I was out of their six song, They had a six song set. I had written vocals and had three songs down. Um, and they booked a show. They booked the first show, uh, at, um, I don't remember what it was called, but um, in town, Loveland, Colorado, uh, through the high school. We were all going to Loveland, Loveland High School, I think. I think everybody went. No, I, maybe maybe just Ryan and I went. I don't know. The other two kids, they might have gone to the other school. But anyway, they were holding like these um, like coffee house nights at the Loveland Art Museum. And if you go to the Loveland Art Museum and then you go down in the basement, there's like this little wide open room with a real tiny stage. It's like six inches off the ground. And they would um hold coffee house nights there where local bands would play. I had been there several times and saw a bunch of the local bands play. But they booked us, uh, to, to to play for it. And it was like that was it. It was the first fucking show. And I remember, um, man, I don't think I mean, there have been times where I've been more nervous, but I remember Gordy and I were driving, and I was like, "I was like Gordy, don't fucking say words. I have to listen to this demo and make sure I know the parts because we had recorded like just a old school tape, just press record on um on a little fucking tape recorder thing, and I recorded the songs so I could practice to them in my car. I wish I still had that. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> uh, anyway, I. Um, so nervous. We get there. Uh Aaron couldn't Ace couldn't come because he was working that night. So his girlfriend came. Who actually, I secretly had a huge crush on his girlfriend. Actually, had a it was a it was a thing. I actually had a giant crush on his girlfriend. I was in love with her before he was. It was like this whole thing. And, uh, and then he started dating her. And I was like real salty about it. But she, we were all th- real good friends. His girlfriend, me, and him, and her, and all that. Anyway, she came in his stead. Uh, to support me and stuff. And it was like, there was like a lot of good, a lot of people there, you know, it was high school shit. So it was probably like 60 people. But to me, it was might've been, might as well have been thousands. But again, remember, I only had lyrics to three of the six songs. So the plan was that uh, we would play and I would go up on stage and control the lights. Like they made this weird little, this fucking bizarre little lighting rig with like it was real janky, like from Home Depot, that I could control with my feet. That would like flash different color lights on different band members and shit. It was it was cool, but they wanted to have like a some sort of stage show. So the the idea was I would go up on stage and control these lights for the first three songs, and then I would sing the last three songs, which seemed fine. But then it was so weird. I remember being up on stage, everyone's watching, and I'm standing there in front of the mic, but I'm not doing anything. I'm just controlling these lights with my fucking feet. <sighs> And people were like, is he gonna fucking do anything? And then, um, and then it was time to sing the songs. Fucking hands were shaking and shit. I, re- I remember clear as day. The mic was on the mic stand. It was an SM. Um, it wasn't an SM fifty seven. It was an SM. Uh, it was something. It was one of the flat instrument mics. I was using as a vocal mic. I didn't know though at the time, and. Um, I remember my part was coming up and I just remember slowly just reaching up and grabbing the mic and it's belting into it. And just then fucking the songs went by like that, getting into it and stuff like a little head bobbing, not much of a stage presence, but everybody seemed to really like it. It was real fucking cool. Oh my God. That, um, that was the first time I was ever on stage in front of people, but it like, to that moment, my dreams were coming true. Shit was coming down. I was making songs. I was singing the songs in front of people. This was a crowd of 60, but I just knew we were going to go bigger into crowds uh, from 60 to 600 to 6,000 to 60,000, all kinds of shit. That never happened. That was our one and only show. I don't remember why the band broke up. It was like real soon after that, too. I don't remember at all why. Honestly, that's a complete blank to me what happened to the band Uh, but I know shortly after that, um, Ryan Kaler, the drummer, (laughs) he started banging one of the faculty members at school. Uh, she was the, um, I probably shouldn't even fucking say his name, but I like, I don't give a shit. Uh, it was at school and, um, they had like ladies that took your attendance and shit. They were one of the attendance ladies. And she was like this hot Like, 27-year-old, like, straight-out-of-college chick. And they were, like, fucking... She was, like... It was, like, this thing. And I remember he, like, pissed me off with the band breaking up and all this shit. I don't remember why the band broke up, but I remember being real salty about it. So I ratted him out to the... To the... uh, Fucking authorities or whatever, the school people. And she got fired and he got expelled or whatever. I don't remember why he got expelled, but... That was the end of me and Ryan's friendship because I completely fucking douched out and ruined his his entire youth. Um, so that was that. That was interesting. So um, yeah, the rest of high school just kind of went. Um, I wasn't. I couldn't ever land another band, but I was like, people had hyped me up so much from the that one Defy show, and like friends were like, "Fuck yeah!" That I thought I was like this shit. I was like, I can do this. I can be a good singer, and I can make this happen. So after high school. Um, I kind of just kept like sitting on the dream and I was like, how do I do this? I was like, it's time to start my own band, the band that I've envisioning. but I don't know how to play shit back in high school. Um, Aaron Ace had given me, um, this black guitar to learn how to play guitar and I didn't do anything. I just fucked around with it. I didn't know still how to play guitar really, even though I had dabbled ever so slightly, but it didn't know shit. So I thought I better... Um, I better get at this if I'm going to write songs and, um, you know, cause the whole point of me wanting to write the songs is so the stuff that's in here could come out because if I'm just joining other people's bands and singing in these other bands, they're not writing the songs that are in here. They're writing their own songs and I'm just singing and just adapting to it. But I was like, no, I got to write the songs. I got to get it out. So I was like, I gotta, I guess I got to learn how to fucking play instruments and shit. Holy shit. So I remember I went and, um, bought a guitar and an amp. And the dumbest fucking set of picks that I thought was going to be cool, uh, but I bought in um, like a beginner's Ibanez and and like an effects pedal and all kinds of shit. I think I probably spent like four hundred and fifty bucks on the whole little setup, which is a lot. Two hundred for the guitar, like a hundred and fifty for the amp, and like another hundred for the little cheesy effects pedal thing. And um, I just started like tooling around, and then I got a job working at King Supers. If you live in Colorado, you know what King Supers is. King Supers is like um, just your local grocery store. It's like your Publix or your whatever from all around the place. It's our it's our little local chain. It's all around Colorado. King Supers. I got a job there, fucking bagging groceries and shit. And I met this kid named Andrew. I think his name was, and he was like, I'm a drummer. And I was like, oh my God, I'm playing guitar and I'm a singer. he's like, cool. Do you want to come over and jam? And uh, absolutely. I was like, hell yeah, I do. I had been playing guitar, like really seriously going at it for like two weeks at this point. So I go over to his parents' house. Because uh, this kid, this he's like 15, maybe at most. And he's like, I play drums. And I was like, all right, let's, let's do this. Just go down there. And um, he's got his drum set. And he's... Well, in a way, but I'm just like standing there absolutely flabbergasted at how the fuck I was like, what have I got myself into? It? I was like, I don't even know how to play this thing um, at all. So I just started just just messing around. He was trying to drum to my absolute fucking laughable noise that was coming out. And it was like a real crappy drum sesh uh, or jam sesh. It was really bad. And I was actually really discouraged. I was like, "What am I doing?" I was like, "This is stupid." And he was like, eh, "Yeah." Oh, fast forward like a couple months, and I just played constantly. And I started to like get a handle on how to like write riffs, and I was picking up techniques and stuff all self-taught. I never took a single lesson. I should have, and I still want to, uh, but I should have. I was just learning songs and learning how to play them uh it was like getting tabs and just trying to figure it out how to play and um i took if if it was like the sims and you know in the sims when you're like doing shit and your fucking your little meter fills up and then bloop, you pop up to the next level if i had been a zero the first time i jammed with andrew a few months later i was like hey let's jam again and my meter had probably Filled up like seventy five percent, enough where I could play like a couple of stupid riffs. Uh, he's like, "Yeah," he's like, "We can jam again." So I went over to his house. We jammed again, and it was a lot better. He's like, "Man, you got really good, really quick." I was not really good. I had been playing guitar for like two months, but he's fifteen, so what the fuck did he know? I had like two riffs that I had written that I thought were really cool, and we were jamming them, and he was digging them, I was digging them, and I was it was really cool hearing like riffs that I had played come to life. And I was like, "Oh my god." It's fucking happening, and um, his parents were super, super religious, and they uh, were like, "He's too young to be in a band. We can't, we can't, uh, we can't have that right now." So even though we wanted to play together, and he was like a decent drummer, he was a cool little kid. Uh, his parents put a kibosh on that because I was a fucking heathen, I guess. So I just kept writing songs, hanging out, writing songs, um, and writing riffs, and just. Practicing and doing all that stuff. Uh, I don't remember who or why, but I get invited to this local band show. So it's a show in town at this place called Napoleon Building that used to exist here. And I got something stuck in my fucking teeth here. Hold on. Ugh. Sorry. Okay. Um, I got uh, invited to this show. Um, and I went by myself, which was pretty rare. But I went from by myself to watch these bands play. And there was this chick there that I think is the one who invited me. I don't remember who. And she's like, hey, let me introduce you to my friend Ben. Um, this kid walks up. He's like this. <laughs> it looks so fucking stupid. He was this kid. He was 15 years old. He had his lip pierced. He had a shaved head, but with these um, like horn fucking bangs that were like shaped into horns he had a fishnet shirt on like mad 15 year old goth kid and she's like oh this is my friend ben he's here watching and he and i just hit it right off like it was it was a really fun night we started talking he's like i'm a bass player i was like shit man i'm a guitar player slash singer and i was like i'm trying to put together a band he's like i've always wanted to be in a band and he liked all the same bands that i was into because at this point When I was younger Corn and Marilyn Manson Were all my things But then of course In late high school Slipknot came onto the scene So then I was I was like Oh fuck I want to make like A Marilyn Manson Corn, Slipknot hybrid band Uh, So I remember uh, We were at the show um, Watching these bands play Talking about music And I was like You want to like Come over and like Hang out So he's like Yeah fuck yeah So we Came over And then we like Got together with Gordy So the three of us Were hanging out And laughing Having a good time and he's like, can I hear you sing? And I was like, yeah, man. Because I was real confident at this point after the the old uh, show that we played with Defy. I was like, yeah. And so I started, I had like a little practice amp and a little practice mic that I would like practice with. Um, and so I sang a couple corn songs and he was just like, yeah, man, sweet, let's do it. Because I did have a very good aggressive voice, even, even at the young age. Um, I've always been super good at like screaming and being and yelling and the, you know, hard rock style vocals. Um, not well experienced at this point in actual, um, clean singing, but I thought it was good. So anyway, he was into it and I was like, let's, um, let's fucking do this. So I looked into software to cut a demo of some sort, um, downloaded some software. I just, I think it was cool edit I can't remember what it was. This was 2001 at this time. This was a year out of high school. So PCs, whatever the software was, I think it was called Cool Edit. I downloaded a, or bought, I can't remember. I had Cool Edit and I was like, cool. Well, Ben and I can put together some songs with these drum loops because Cool Edit came with some drum loops. And I was like, and uh, that's a guitar player. That's a bassist. And we got the drummer on the computer and I'll record the vocals. I was like, this is it. This is This is the dream. And I remember we recorded, like, two or three songs in my parents' basement on Cool Edit. I remember, like, miking up the amps, covering them with pillows and shit, picking up little techniques here and there. Holy crap, man. These were bad songs. Like, not bad as in, like, fucking bad, man. No, these were real shit. I actually just a few months ago, discovered this same CD with my nephew. He was going through my old CDs, and we put that in. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, that's it? That's that fucking two-song demo that we cut uh, for the thing? Uh, They were shit, but I thought it was good. And I wanted to uh, call the band Rest Haven. Um, So in high school, I had a couple of friends die. Uh, One hung himself, and then a week later, my other buddy in high school, his name was Roger, um, died of an asthma attack so it was like a real shit week fucking people were dropping like flies and they were both buried in rest Haven and I thought it would have been like a cool way to preserve I don't know some sort of weird morbid memory if I named the band after the cemetery they were building uh buried in um it was cool to me but in retrospect I was like man rest Haven it sounds like a fucking old folks retirement home but um that was the thing i was like let's let's do rest haven we got our two song demo let's put together the band and um you know he wasn't like a great bass player but he was cool he was he was he was cool and um hold on let me just answer this okay Uh, he, he wasn't great, uh, at bass, but I thought he was like really inventive and cool with some of the riffs he was coming out with and he was practicing and he was getting good. Like he was getting good. He would play along with like incubus stuff and just nailed, started nailing like slap techniques. And I was like, hell yeah, he was getting really good. Um, so, uh, you know, I was like, we got to find ourselves a drummer. So he, I remember he was going on vacation to Florida with his family or whatever, And I was like, by the time you get back, I'll have found a drummer. He's like, all right, man, cool. He goes, and I go to some like house party, and then some guy introduces me to this guy named Tony. And I went to high school with Tony. I didn't know him, but I knew of him, and he uh, was a drummer. And I was like, oh man, me. I was like, me and my buddy Ben were putting together this uh, this band called Rest Haven. We need a drummer. And he's like, oh, I'd be super interested. He's like, be super down. And I remember him being like a punk drummer. And I. Was we were, uh, we went into the garage where his drum set was set up, and I was like, Well, can you just like play me a couple things? And he got down and he started like playing all these beats and shit, and I was like, Blown away. In retrospect, Tony wasn't all that great, but it was cool to me who had never had a drummer before, like a real one that wanted to be in a band with me, uh, from scratch. And because I had, you know, Ryan Kaler in the older band, but he was garbage. Uh, Tony could at least hold a beat. And he was doing some creative things. He had no sense of fucking metronome timing. He would just go fast and he would go slow, but it was cool. And then boom, he was in the band. Uh, and then Ben came back from Florida. I was like, I got us a drummer. We moved his shit into Ben's mom's house down in the basement. And we just started practicing and playing. We practiced like three or four nights a week. And we started just writing songs like it was Going out of style, and it was awesome. It was really cool, but um, I wasn't writing any of the vocals. It was just an instrumental. I was writing all the stuff, and I was like, I can't sing and play guitar, so I'll just play guitar, and then we'll look for a guitar player. And then when he comes in, then I'll jump over and be the singer. That was the plan. Uh, So we booked a show at the fucking coffee house that the high school was putting on again. Because, you know, again, this is a year right out of high school, so it was fine. You know, it was just barely turning 18, 19 still. So uh, we went and played a show at the coffee house downstairs in the art museum. No singing this time, just guitar, just a three-piece guitar, bass, and drums. And people were digging it. It was really cool. People dug it a lot. Um, it was really cool. Uh, then... Can't remember the time frame of this, but shortly thereafter, like a couple months later, I'm on AOL, and I'm always on AOL at this point. Every night, I get I would get on AOL and I would look for two things. One, I would look for um, musicians to play with. I would always like just peruse people's profiles, and if they were in town, I'd be like, "Hey, what's up? You want to play?" And I would look for fucking chicks because. I had no game. I had no idea how to meet girls. Um, and I didn't have a girlfriend and I'd always just get on and try to like get into chat rooms, big, like, Hey ASL, what, you know, fucking what's up? Where are you from? But anyway, one night I'm just perusing on AOL and I find this guy's profile. It says he's a guitar player and all this stuff. And I message him. It turns out we've got, we had gone to high school together, same age. He's only like a week younger than me. Uh, and, uh, He's into all the same bands, Super stain, Korn, fucking all this Slipknot, all this shit. And I was like, I got this band. We've already played. Uh, we had played two shows, I think, at this point, All both at the coffee house, um, all th- uh, with the uh, the three-piece instrumental. Got this stuff. And uh, he, I think he came over to watch practice, and he was like super into it. He was like, yeah, man, I want in on this. Very, really quiet guy, Tristan, um, who actually him and I went on Throughout almost the entirety of my musical career To do big things together um, So he plays a part in a lot of these stories But this is my first instance with him uh, Still very, 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 very good friends to this day Still make music together to this day He is known as The Bone uh, People call him Bone because his name is Tristan And then then people started calling him T-Bone or T-Dog And then T-Bone And then it just got shortened to Bone And then The Bone So there's that So anyway um so he joins the band. I teach him all of the songs that I wrote. And he made like a couple adjustments to some of the riffs. He was a much better guitar player than me. And um, boom, there it is. Full band. Full four-piece band. And we played this one show at an amphitheater outside in Loveland. It was Tristan's first show with us, me on the vocals. And to me, it was like the greatest thing at the time that had happened. There was probably like 10 people lined up in front of us to see us. But that was like, I was like, oh my God, it was just like a sea of people, but it was just like fucking a handful of humans. But it was cool, man. People seemed to like it. Everybody was really supportive of what we were doing. It was cool. So then we decided to cut an album. Um, One of the guys at the local um, guitar store that we would buy from. Uh, who, who I bought my first guitar from, and then we bought gear from going forward. He was like, "Hey man, I record bands and stuff." He's, "If you guys want to cut an album, he's like, we can cut a, it's a real sweet sweet deal." Uh, we, I was like, "Oh man, that would be great!" So I remember we we did a nine song album with him. He came over one day. We all tracked live at the same time, and then I went and cut the back vocals separately. Um, and uh, it was yeah, it was really cool. Uh, I was super super proud of it. Uh, I still have it. It's hot garbage. It is not good. Uh, See, the thing that I've been alluding to and that I wish that I had better ideas about when I was younger is I fucking sucked at singing. Sucked. Really great at the, the heavy stuff like screaming and like yelling and aggressive vocals. But melodic singing couldn't fucking hold a note. Or sing a tune to save my cock-sucking life. And everybody was always really supportive, so I thought I was fucking tits. But I was not good at all. Um, I would listen to this album and think, I sound great. But what the fuck, man? I sounded so bad. Maybe in the future, I'll put some of the songs out just for funsies. But they sucked. They fucking sucked. But we uh, cut that album, and we started playing some of the like bigger clubs around town. Uh, I remember it was in August of 2002. Now, maybe it was still 2001, but I'm pretty certain it was 2002. I don't know. One of those... In that year, it was August. We played um, at what this venue in Fort Collins, Colorado, at the time, it was called The Starlight. And that was like th- one of the places in town that you'd go see bands at. And it was like a dream of mine for a while to play there. It was a small club, but it was like a real stage. And we played, and probably like we had like 20, 30 people that came um, from like King Supers, where I worked. Everyone came, all of our friends and family came. Man, I had never felt fucking cooler. I remember we played that show and my parents were out of town and we fucking threw this house party like afterwards. That was really fucking wild for a small town house party, local man house party. I remember Trison ate all of my mom's fucking candles (laughs) because we were too drunk. So we had to have all these fucking or we were too. uh, We were only like 19, so we couldn't buy alcohol. So we had all of these fucking all of our older friends and stuff go buy us alcohol, and we just got super drunk fucking trison, ate, all like all, bit into all my mom's candles and shit, and we were just like, put them back up on the shelves, but they all had bite marks taken out of them. So funny. So funny. Uh, fucking sex was happening all over the place. It was like the first time that I felt like a rock star. I was like, I just played a show. I'm having a fucking house party. There's chicks here. Fucking people are naked. And I was like, this... This is it. It is happening. I mean, it wasn't happening, but it was cool. It was it was it was really cool. Uh, so we started playing more shows all the time. We played shows all over and we started to get kind of No, we didn't get big at all. There was no notoriety, so to speak. We were a local band and we were known around town, but we would play shows, it'd be like 10, 15, 20, 30 people at max. Uh, but anyway, we connected with this guy named Brend. No, oh my god, holy fuck. <laughs> I forgot about all these stories. Oh, these podcasts are going to be so long if I tell them all. Anyway, in the midst of doing this, we get approached by this guy named Ken. (laughs) I forgot about Ken. We we hook up with this dude named Ken who uh, wants to be our manager, right? So he uh, is booking us these shows, and they're cool shows, and and we're playing the shows. And um, I tell Ken, he's like this... Weird guy. He's a milk, milkman. He was a milkman in his day job. Because I remember, because one night he was like, "Hey, you want to come out with me while I drive and drop off milk, and we can talk strategies and shit." And I was like, "Yeah, well, yeah." Because I would do anything at this point, at any time of the day, with anyone to talk music and talk about planning how to blow my music up and make it the best it can be. So I go go out with this fucking guy named Ken at like midnight to drive till like four or five in the morning delivering milk. It's wild. It was it was crazy. We were talking about all these plans. He, he was letting me like throw bottles of milk at like parked cars and shit. It was fucking wild. Anyway. So he, uh, doing all the stuff. And I tell Ken and I say, I want to, we want to cut another album. Can you find us like a good studio to go to someone like a little bit more high profile? So we play a couple sh- shows. Ken comes to us and he's like, Hey, I got a guy named Brandon on deck. Who's got a studio, uh, kind of up towards the mountains. Um, We can you can cut six songs with them uh, for a thousand bucks, and we're like, holy shit, that's a lot of money. I mean, it's not really, but at the time, for nineteen-year-olds, a thousand bucks is crazy. So we uh, meet with Brennan. We make this agreement to do three songs one time and three songs a month later, so we could split it up into five hundred bucks, much easier to digest and come up with. And we so over the course of a couple of months, we cut this six song album and the record he fucking had this crazy studio. this he had just hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of gear. Like it was my first instance in what could be considered like almost a multimillion dollar studio. It was Bonkers huge. It was crazy and it sounded great. The fucking recordings were impeccable, but you know what wasn't impeccable? The fucking shitty singer. Sounded like garbage. It was my first instance of him trying to use auto-tune on me, I remember, in this one section. Uh, And I was singing so poorly that the auto-tune was like, sounding all fucking janky and shit. And I was like, are you going to do that? And he's like, do you want to hear what it sounds like without it? And I was like, no, I guess not. And that was like my first instance of being like, shit, am I a shitty singer? It was like, it was kind of a bummer. But um, regardless, we cut the album and it was tits it sounded cool minus like my bad vocals some of my vocals sounded cool on the heavy stuff but anytime i tried to like slow down and sing i was just like trash straight trash and the guys knew it they just never wanted to say anything to me for whatever reason i they probably they want to hurt my feelings so anyway all this is happening and then the worst of the things happen. my all of my successes come to fruition on aol and i start talking to a chick on aol and, uh, she lives in town kind of, she's pretty close to town. She's like maybe 10 miles away. And, um, so I, uh, go and meet her and I like fall madly in love with her. Her name is Melissa and she, um, becomes one of the band girlfriends, you know, uh, she's coming all the shows. She goes, she comes to practices and then Ben's got this girlfriend. So our girlfriends become friends. It becomes like this whole thing. So we all have band girlfriends now. Uh, but Melissa was real bad, (laughs) very, 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 very bad human being. Um, so long story short, and we can get into this another time, but, um, Melissa disappears for like a few days, right? She's just gone. She's just fucking what? And I'm losing my mind. And I'm like, where is my girlfriend? What has happened to her? What the fuck is going on? So. Then I hear this message. You've got mail from AOL. This fucking bitch. She sends me an email. It's like 20 pages long. Some ungodly book that she's emailed me. uh, Detailing this story about how she goes um, to this party. And she gets raped by this guy. This whole fucking thing. Um, And I... Thought I was going to just lose my mind. Um, I was going to like hunt this guy down. I was going to fucking murder him. Um, And it just destroyed literally everything that I was working towards. I gave up on doing music stuff. It was all just so I could fucking defend my girlfriend's honor who had been sexually assaulted. Now, I will fast forward a little ways here. But long story short... End of the stick about it was um, she went to this party slept with this guy felt guilty for cheating on me then accused him of sexually assaulting her wrote me this huge email detailing the assault which she didn't think it through um which was incredibly different uh, than the um, report she filed with the police details didn't line up all these things started to come to light I had to go and testify against her because she had lied about it and was trying to put this fucking kid in prison for for just having sex with her, consensually. And she lied about it and just felt bad about it. So uh, the ban fell apart because I spent all this time trying to fucking salvage my relationship and whatever was going on with that, which was a bunch of waste of fucking time. And I was so... Bitter and upset about what she had done and what had happened, that it sent me on a really long line of, um, fucking not being great towards people, um, being rude and mean and fucking thinking women were ass, were, were, were just shit. And, uh, yeah. So that was kind of the end of Rest Haven. Um, so from there, I chill for like a year. Um, Melissa and I finally end up breaking up. She moves away. I Then the details start coming out about how it was all like fraud and all this shit. It was like a whole fucking nightmare. So I'm chilling and I'm just like done with music for a little bit. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Um, the the guys in Rest Haven were still playing. Um, they were still playing. They just, they never found like a singer to replace me. I'm sure that they probably were like, man, we're probably glad to be rid of the guy who can't sing. Let's try to get a real singer. But The thing about it was it was my band. Nobody has fucking ambition like I do. Never. In any of the bands I've ever been in, I am the glue that holds them all together. They couldn't keep things together. They couldn't get shit going. Uh, So they broke up and fell into the fucking ether. And here I am just living in a pit of depression because of what happened with my ex. And um, so I just, I I just, I'm like, I'm just going to go get a job and just start working. So... I go and get a job at a place called Dollar Tree, which at the time was called a place called Greenbacks. It was a fucking dollar store. Um, I'm in there working. Um, This is, they were Greenbacks at the time, but they were getting bought out by Dollar Tree and turning into a Dollar Tree. So whatever. But I get a job there. I walk in and I apply. I turn in the application. The manager, his name is George. He hired me on the spot and it was a really cool job. Um, But I met um, a guy working there named Roger. He and I, like Ben and Ace before him, we clicked so very well. We became instant best friends. Funniest fucking dude. So fun. He made that job an absolute blast. Just a just a blast. Um, so we start talking. He knows I'm into music. I think he had heard about Rest Haven before. He he was like, I'm also a musician. I play guitar. I'm a, I produce, I'm a singer. And I'm like, no shit. That's cool. And I didn't like pay much mind to it because he at the time was like an 18 year old kid and, um, cool dude. We got along great, but I was like, oh, you know, what's he got to offer? Uh, So he invites me over to his house or his apartment one day and he just shows me some stuff he's been messing with and some of the old recordings he has. And I was like fucking taken aback. The amount of talent, talent that this dude had was unreal. First of all, he was a phenomenal singer, uh, which intimidated me to my core because I was not, even though I wanted to be and thought I was. But he actually was. He was a great singer. The songs he was come, coming up with were outrageous and incredible. It was like fucking uh, Linkin Park and shit. And um, who, Linkin Park actually is a big reason why uh i'm a musician today uh in the midst of all that if we go let me rewind and fucking just side note real quick Uh, go back to like right post high school right when um, hybrid theory came out me and gordy went and saw um went and saw fucking lincoln park uh in denver at a small venue this is before they were huge and we were the first people there we were the first people there at like noon to line up so we were just hanging out and they come off their buses and they're like, you guys here to see us? And we got to hang out with Lincoln park and the other band taproot all day long. And I was like, guys, I want to be in a band like you guys. And they gave me like just incredible heartfelt advice. Chester was one of the coolest fucking dudes. I was just devastated when he, when he died, because, uh, that was, um, you know, that was a band I looked up to that told me I could do it to my face and it was cool. So Rest in peace to Chester. But anyway, Roger and I started bonding over that kind of stuff. And he had all these, this music that was fucking great. He was producing, he was trying to record. Um, the recordings weren't good, but they were then. But like, if we go back now to hear them, they weren't good. Like, I remember we were like, we were like, we meshed, like our styles were super fucking similar. Um, and we just started writing songs together, but we're like we had to rig everything. Cause we didn't have shit. I had sold my guitar. I think at the time I didn't have shit. Uh, so we had an acoustic guitar that we were running through distortion so we could try to write metal and shit. It was fucking janky as shit. But we did all these songs, and he was really um, helpful to me to get over the trauma that I had with uh, Melissa and her fuckery. Uh, there were a lot of songs written about her back then. Um, so we decided uh, to start a band together. Uh, so not only did we start working on songs, but we also worked together. I'm We moved in together. And uh, just became the fucking bestest of friends that you could have. Um, And we started writing songs. And uh, he was pretty religious at the time. So he took me to this uh, Christian coffee house. And there were some Christian bands playing. And they were pretty heavy. And they were good. They were really fucking cool. I can't remember what they were called. One of them was Sub-7. But I can't remember what the other one was called. But we got super into this Christian metal for a while. And we weren't, like, looking to do anything... I don't think religious, but, um, we were like, let's, let's do it. Let's fucking start a band. And so, um, we started writing songs, the two of us. And the idea was I, we would both play guitar, write the songs and we would both sing. I would primarily take over the heavy stuff and he would do all the clean singing much to my dismay. Cause I wanted to sing so bad, but he was just unbeatable. He was an incredible singer. Um, so some of the details are a little murky, but I remember, uh, we, I don't remember how we met this guy, where we found him, but we met this guy. What the fuck was his name? I can't remember his name. It's weird. We talk about him all the time. It's just escaping me at this particular moment and I didn't write in the notes. Well, anyway, we met this guy who had a studio. He was um, a producer as well and he um, had a studio that he had built into the storage units here in Fort, in Fort in Fort Collins. And he was like, yo, if you want, um, cause we had bought or we rented out the storage unit next to him to like make music, I think. So anyway, next, and we would go next door and, um, we cut a three song demo with him. Me and Roger, uh, recorded, uh, the guitars, the bass, and the guy played drums on the demo. Cause we didn't have a drummer at the time and they were really fucking cool. Honestly, they were sick. They were sick songs. And, um, and I can say that because I remember them because those uh, songs got recycled into several bands that got big after that. So I have a very good recollection of those songs. Anyway, um, we cut those, and then um, Joel's buddy or Roger's buddy Joel was that he knew from like church or whatever, uh, wanted to play bass for us, and then we found this one kid. I don't remember where we found this kid to play drums. So it was me and Roger on guitar and singing, Joel on bass and this kid, I don't remember his name, on drums, but his drums were like from Walmart. They were like mad trash can sounding. They were fucking straight trash. Uh, So we just, uh, we had like a few practices with the trash can guy and Joel and um, yeah, we didn't really do much, but um, we ended up the guy who recorded us, what the fuck was his name? It's going to drive me crazy. Um, the guy, he moved to, I think Denver. So then we took over his storage unit with all of the cool, his storage unit was crazy. It was like, you open up the thing and it was like a house inside. There was fucking walls and padding. It was soundproofed and couches and shit. It was really cool. So we took over that and that's where we practiced. And, um, we decided to throw a house party. Cause I lived in this studio apartment downstairs in this like privately owned complex. And in, in the basement was just my studio apartment. Then I had a de- next door neighbor who there's a lot of stories with that guy. But at the time, his name was Robert. He uh, was on vacation. So he's like, Hey man, if you guys want to have a party, you can open up my place and, uh, because he lived real minimalistically. So he didn't have a lot. He's like, just open up in my apartment. You guys can use it as a place to party. So we're like, shit, we should throw a fucking crazy apartment party. Because it was just me in the whole basement of this complex. Um, and we uh, fucking invited Everybody, everybody came. It was this wild party. My apartment was open, the hallway and everything. And then this other guy's apartment, who was out of town, was open. Everybody was partying everywhere. It was fucking crazy. Chicks were there. I remember the uh, pastor of this church. His daughter came, and I started like making out with his with his uh, daughter and shit. She was like of age and all that. She wasn't like a fucking child or some shit. But it was. I was like, yeah, I'm sticking it to the fucking pastor, literally. Um But point being is the guys from Rest Haven, uh, Ben uh, Tristan and our uh, drummer at the time, Chad, they came to this uh, party and we were all drank. We're having fun. And they're like, you're playing in the band with Roger now? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, do you have this, this, and this? Anyway, long story short, we decided in a drunken stupor that we should combine forces. So they should. So Ben would be our new bass player, and then the drummer, and then Tristan would come on as a third guitar player. The lead guitar player, Roger and I did the rhythms, and uh, we decided that that was the way to go. And um, the next day, we started fucking practicing and it was sick like it was a five-piece band so roger and i on vocals and rhythm guitar Trison the bone on lead guitar then ben on the bass and then chad uh his name his nickname is twitch uh this is before twitch the streaming platform there was just twitch the guy uh he was on drums he was such a good drummer too he was real good real real good uh it was that and we um Started working on songs We had a lot of good songs We rewrote some old Rest Haven songs Into new songs It was really cool And we played uh, One show At the amphitheater In Loveland um, Outdoor thing Decent sized crowd It was really fun We played those shows That show And it was great Um, And then Everyone just started Dodging my calls Shit was weird What was going on No one would talk to me here No one would talk to me there then, after a couple of weeks of everyone dodging my calls, Locke's getting changed. It dawns on me that I'm being kicked out of my band. Um, I don't really know what happened. Ben was not the greatest guy. Um, we are not friends anymore. We've s- since lost touch over the last uh, two, three years. He's um, not my favorite person. I don't care for him. In fact, I think he's a real piece of shit. And um, he's kind of always been. And I think that he was like, you know what? He's not that good at singing. Roger, you're really good at singing. So why don't you just be the singer? We don't need three guitar players. So really, I was kind of the weak link of the band. And, uh, it, you know, I got fucking booted. I got booted. And, oh, boy, I was devastated. I was really fucking bummed out. And uh, it was right at right after I got kicked out um, that I met a girl named Star who uh, worked at a GameStop, and I just stumbled in and got her number, and we started dating right after I got kids out of that, and she was uh, also a fucking horrific person to be with, Um, she said, no music, You cannot be in a band. She was very manipulative, very, very controlling. I had, like, no fucking sack. I did not stand up for myself. I just let this girl control my whole life. She told me I couldn't play in bands, told me I couldn't associate with musicians uh, because of their shady natures and shit. Just a fucking great human being. So I stopped fucking doing anything with music for a good two and a half years at that point. And that's where we're going to leave the story of the history of Adam Ronan, because from there it picks up and gets crazy. So that's how I got started with music. And we will go further into what that entails, where it led me, all the way to this point over a couple more episodes. Um but I am going to wrap up this initial podcast. Here's what you can expect from the Katana Cut. Okay. Stuff like that, where we talk about history, we talk about stories and shit like that. Guests. I'm going to have, like I mentioned, I'm going to have guests come on the podcast. There's going to be uh, friends. There's going to be people that are doing their own things that are working. I've already got like a list of people that I'm bringing on. People that are doing their own types of cool, creative shit. It's going to be really cool. More countless stories. Uh, I'm going to promote positivity and pursuing dreams and all kinds of stuff and just like a better, um, way of life, uh, and mental health, all kinds of stuff. And just really whatever we want to talk about, because this is my space to talk, uh, unhinged, uncensored, however I see fit. And that's what we're going to do. So I think that'll probably do for this solo episode of me just talking, um, I hope that you enjoyed those stories, and I really look forward to telling you more. Um, My name is Adam Ronan. This podcast can be viewed on my YouTube channel as a video form. You may be watching it. Or if you're listening to it, that's because it is on all audio podcasts around the world Spotify, everything that, wherever you listen to podcasts, it's there. So tell your friends and follow me on the socials. Those are in the notes of the show. And if you want to follow me, we can talk about anything you desire or listen to my music because it's pretty fucking good now. And no, I do not suck at singing anymore. So anyway, this has been the Katana Cut with Adam Ronin. This was the debut episode numero uno. I think the next episode might have our first guest. Thanks for listening and or watching. And I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye.